Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to decenter men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor. Thank you for um, agreeing to do this interview with me. I think that you're a wonderful writer and you have some, you have a great point of view that I am interested in and I hope that the listeners are going to be interested in as well. So before we get into this interview, I would love to know a little bit more about yourself so that um, my community can get a, a better understanding of who I'm talking to and and what you are about. Well, I love compliments. We started off on a great foot. Um, but also, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not that interesting. I um, I am an immigrant. I um, came to L.A. where I'm currently in 2019 for grad school. I've been here ever since. I'm currently working as a podcast producer. Um, and I'm just trying to continue not getting COVID, I guess. Nothing really exciting. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so hard to do. Yeah, I mean, I stay in my house. That seems to be working so far. So mm-hmm. I definitely understand that. I just got the booster uh, like a, about two weeks ago and a flu shot at the same time because I'm not playing those games. Mm-hmm. So I definitely understand. So um, I am curious. I chose you because I thought you were a very interesting person and I love the things that you had to say. So I am curious as to what centering yourself looks like you looks like to you now. I'm honestly not sure because I don't I don't know that I'm doing a good job of centering myself to be honest. Um, last year was very very difficult for me and I had to deal with a lot of stuff that I kind of wasn't anticipating. Um, you know, some mental health stuff, some relationship stuff, some roommate stuff. There was just a lot happening all at once, I think. Um, and it was the first time that I was kind of having to deal with that much pressure as an adult. Mm-hmm. And it was very hard to get through, honestly. Yeah. I got high a lot. It was great. Um, <laughs> but um, I think now that I have moved into a new place and I have gotten out of the relationship I was in. I think I have a little bit more time to consider myself, mm-hmm. but I also think that because, because I have such bad anxiety, sometimes the aloneness can be counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, you have all of this time and space to just kind of ruminate on things that are not helpful. Um, but I am, I'm trying this new thing this year that I'm calling Sacred Sundays, where I'm not religious, but um, the goal is to operate in such a way that I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do on Sundays. So my goal is to sleep late and paint and do some embroidery and watch TV and just let that day be guided by whims for once because I think I have a a tendency to overwork myself significantly Mm -hmm. and it has had a detrimental effect on my physical and mental well-being Mm -hmm. and I think the only way to change that is to just take an active role in doing things differently and that's hard because I think 
it's <laughs> there's just always more to do um yeah. and it can feel like if you don't do it now the world will end and i mean i'm i'm frequently having to remind myself that i just make podcasts it's not that important mm-hmm. um but it can be hard because you know you're also thinking about the future and what your career will look like and what your goals are long term and it can be hard to feel like you can still pursue those if you are taking time now you know i feel like mm-hmm. in the world that we live in the hustle culture mentality is that you burn yourself out now and make your millions and then you can relax later but you know you may not get to later if you don't take care of yourself now so mm-hmm. i think that's definitely a lesson that i'm trying to learn or like trying to force myself to learn because I frankly I can't I can't do what I went through last year again like I don't I don't know that I would survive it a second time um yeah. so I really have to make it a priority to at least give myself some time to rest Yeah and I'm so sorry that you were going through a lot last year um I'm sure it didn't help that you were in the midst of covid and you know all this social political unrest um while you're dealing with your personal stuff so i am very sorry about that and i am happy that you did come out on the other end of that and um i think that that uh sacred sundays is a good idea um a lot of times we don't allow ourselves just the freedom just to uh be curious or just to kind of see where our minds uh our mind and our and our ideas take us so it's good that you kind of allowing yourself the freedom to do that and just giving yourself some time to rest um i get it when it when you're talking about like uh making podcasts making content it can get overwhelming and you don't want to disappoint people and that anxiety of disappointing people it it is like it weighs heavy i'm not sure about you but it weighs heavy on me Um so I am glad that you're kind of uh taking a step back and giving yourself a little bit more perspective of what this actually is and that it's okay to take rest it's okay to take time your audience is going to always be there because you know they already like the work that you're doing but you got to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself you're not going to be able to do anything for them so I am glad that you are taking steps to do that um I am curious to know that when you were going through your changes, going through um personal issues, what were there certain patterns that you were noticing that you felt like, "Hmm, this is not myself. This is not who I am. Um maybe I need to take a step back." Honestly, I'm not sure. I think I've kind of always been an anxious personality and I think the thing that I struggled with the most is that you know like as a kid when I would get worked up I would tell myself that like it doesn't it isn't real like I I would have a lot of like participatory uh, what's the word anticipatory anxiety and I would in order to kind of break myself out of that like mindset I would tell myself like it hasn't happened yet you're like making it up you're literally upset about things that you're making up in your head and it worked for a really long time and then covid happened and i spent i mean i think they declared it a pandemic in like march but we've been hearing stories since like the december before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was the exact kind of thing that makes me panic but i kept saying you know like 
there is no need to get worked up yet. The people in charge will tell you when you need to panic. Mm-hmm. And then they told me to panic. And it did not go well because it felt like it felt like the 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 wild, outrageous scenario that I made up in my head turned out to mm-hmm. be true. And I it was very difficult yeah. to deal with. Um because that was that was the first time that it ever happened, you know, like no one thinks like, oh, tomorrow I'm gonna wake up and like the whole world is gonna change. <laughs> no. um, so, like, how do you prep for that? <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember feeling because I was still in grad school at the time, and I remember feeling like this weight was just sitting on my shoulders and making things difficult. And I, I don't feel like that kind of ever went away. Um and there have been like moments of levity, but it that's kind of just been like the underlying anxiety for the last few years. And then, you know, add everything else on top of it. It gets to be a lot. And I think I think I really struggled to find a balance between reasonable fears and mitigating for reasonable fears and Mm-hmm. letting my anxiety run away with me because I think that's really easy to do especially mm-hmm. because like I I haven't been home since the pandemic like I haven't left the country so oh, I haven't seen my family I haven't you know it's 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 been lonely frankly yeah that's isolating and, yeah and with that I've I've mostly just like have my job to focus on and like I do like my job and I'm good at it and I'm proud of the work that I do. But, you know, eventually you kind of start hitting that wall where, like, being good at your job means being rewarded with more work. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, once you're you competent. Of, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. And it's like, mm-hmm. once you get to that point, it's like, well, I could either be less good and do less work or continue to be great and then burn myself out. And neither option is, like, great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, figuring out how to manage that, how to set better boundaries, because I think I'm definitely not good at that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and trying to figure out a way to allow myself to not feel guilty for not mm-hmm. working, I think. Like, I'm one of those people who's, like, constantly making lists in my head. So, you know, like, I wake up and I, I've already got my to-do list. Oh, my brewing God. Brewing by like the time me. I brush my teeth. Yeah, and it's like... <laughs> That it's is like stressful. I want, I, I'm trying to figure out not just how to stop doing that, but also to organize my life in such a way that I don't always feel like I'm not doing something that needs to get done. Because like a lot of those things, all the reasons that that stresses me out and why I'm always thinking about it is because there are necessary things that I need to complete in my day. And if I don't complete them, then I have you know more struggles the next day. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm trying to do for this year is kind of reshuffle the way that I work so that mm-hmm. I can complete everything in a way that does not make leave me feeling drained. Mm. Um, when you find that out, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're only, what, two weeks into the year, so we'll mm-hmm. see. But it, it's definitely been a challenge. I mean, I'm in L.A. It's, it's what, five o'clock? It's already dark. Like, I... Mm-hmm. I come from the Caribbean, like, this is very, I don't love it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's dark all the time, like, I don't go outside very much because it's fucking freezing, like, mm-hmm, I, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot, and I think I have to be very intentional about figuring out ways to 
work around the things that are kind of bringing me down. Like I recently joined a gym, like everyone mm-hmm. else does in January. Um, and it's not even because I like particularly want to work out. Like, honestly, I hate it, but it's around the corner from my apartment. So it's like at the very least it'll get me outside. Yeah. And that's kind of my motivation for that. Like if I work out, sure, maybe, but I mostly just want to like not be in my apartment for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I could say like, oh, I'll just take a walk. But like, I know myself, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I needed to kind of give myself another goal. And this is one of them. You know, I want to, the last couple of years, I've been doing most of my reading through audiobooks. And so one of my goals this year is to read a physical book. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like, I mean, I, I'm not a person who thinks that like audiobooks are not, this like not real reading. Yeah, me neither. Um, but I do miss the like feel and weight of a book in my hands. I was a bookworm from you know the second I could read, basically. And I actually think that like audiobooks have helped me get through way more because I listen to everything on like two and a half speed. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm able to kind of consume. <laughs> more. <laughs> no, I mean listen, I'm, I'm able to consume more, which I appreciate because there's mm-hmm. just there's just always more. Um, but but that's also kind of one of the things that I'm trying to mitigate in the sense that I feel like everything I do mm-hmm. or even the things that I am ostensibly doing to enjoy myself somehow get funneled back into my work. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that was probably more acute when I was working as a culture critic or mm-hmm. primarily as a culture critic because, you know, every movie I watch could be an essay. And it's like, I want to be able to enjoy things without having to think about how I can turn it into content. Yeah. And that's definitely like a muscle that I'm having to learn how to exercise. Yeah, I understand that. And it, so it's like two things. One, when you organize your day in a to-do list, you don't, you're not present and you're not enjoying the day. That's the two things that I've noticed about myself. Um, I'm not sure if that's the same for, thing for you. And the second thing is like, you don't have a lot of, you, you're not playing. And that, that might be one of the reasons why you're so drained. You're not being able to play. Um, everything is work and you need that downtime to play, to enjoy people, to go outside, to um, just have that element of joy um, to just kind of keep you going. So I definitely understand that when you are thinking about these new ways of organizing your day and you are thinking about adding play in and adding rest in how are you going about setting those boundaries with you know your co-workers your boss your friends how are you kind of letting people know I mean, this with honestly I don't think I've mastered setting boundaries for myself yet I think you know I had um Max told me once that you have to be able to keep promises to yourself because if you can't do that then you can't keep them for other people and that really struck me because I'm not good at keeping promises to myself I never have been um and I I think that I've never been good about situations in which the only person I'm accountable is myself accountable to is myself and I think that's part of why work stresses me out so much because I could work at my own pace, but if I did, then like there are other people that I now become the bottleneck for and like that stress like really, really weighs on me. I don't like being an inconvenience to people. Um, 
or a hindrance to people. And so the stress of that is really difficult for me to deal with. But it also means that like I'm working late, you know, three or four days a week because I need to make sure that something's ready at a particular time the night, the day after, which means that I'm cutting into the time that I have to rest or the time that I have to sleep or to Mm -hmm. eat breakfast or make sure I take my meds or any such thing. Like I, I mean, I've never been much of a breakfast person to be completely fair, but like I will routinely forget to take my medication until like 11 because the first thing I do is get up and shower and sit on my laptop and start to work. And like, that's not, like, that's not my job's fault. That's my fault for like not making it a priority to take care of myself first. And I think that's kind of the part that I really want to focus on this year. Um, Making, making it a priority to put myself first, even if it means that some things don't get done on the work side. Um, And I think that's very hard for me to deal with just because you know I mean I'm a black woman I'm from the Caribbean like the idea that you just need to keep pushing until you are excellent at everything is like not exactly new um and so it can be hard to accept that like sometimes you won't be the best but it doesn't mean that you'll be bad and it doesn't mean that your work won't be up to snuff it just means that you won't be you won't be first in line and like that's okay sometimes um I don't know. I think, I think in general, especially in the states, it's very hard to get out of the mindset that like you are the only person you can count on, and like you have to look out for yourself all the time, and like if you don't, you know everything will fall apart. And like, I think because nearly all of my time in LA has been pandemic, I haven't really had as much of an opportunity as I would like to kind of build a community. Mm. Um, I'm always telling myself I need more black friends. Um, but there's the added complication of like not wanting to go out during a pandemic surge. So, yeah, you know, it's, How do you it's, do that? it's a delicate balancing act. Yeah. Mm. I think cause like, and I've, I've, I've tried to, to, you know, go to events. I try to, you know, frequent queer spaces, but there's always something that comes up where it's like, oh, a bunch of people I know got COVID or there's a surge happening or cases are going up in LA County. And it's like, I'm asthmatic. It's been three years. I haven't gotten it yet. I would really like it to stay that way. And if it means I have to be lonely for a couple more years, that might be better because I don't want a long COVID either. So it's kind of figuring out a way to kind of both stay healthy, but also not neglect my emotional well-being. Well, I'm open. I'm open to a friend if you are open up to that. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just. I think it's. I didn't have to. I did my undergrad in Boston, and mm-hmm. after that, I went back home. So I was in Trinidad for I want to say maybe like six years before I came up for grad school. I did a whole other master's degree while I was there. And then the second one when I came up. And when I was in turnout, I was still living at home. I didn't have a ton of bills. Like, I didn't really have to fully stand on my own feet until I was, like, I want to say, like, 29, maybe. Mm-hmm. So this is, these last few years have been, um, they've been helpful in the sense that I, have seen that I'm much more capable than I thought I was. Mm. But I think it's also been difficult in the sense that 
the things that I do struggle with. Like I can't turn to my parents for help. They don't live in this country. They don't understand how it works. Mm-hmm. It took me like a good two months to figure out health insurance. I still don't even fully understand what it is. Mm-hmm. Although I heard that's not uncommon. So yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but like even something as simple as getting a local ID. Yeah. And like things like that are are harder. But I have kind of figured out that like I'm not an idiot. Like if I slow down and like take it step by step, I can figure most things out. And if I don't, I can ask the question. And that has been good, but I think I definitely have at times like adopted a posture of like I maybe because I just don't know things and mm-hmm. it can be a little embarrassing but I think most times uh, my go-to excuse is I'm not even I don't even go here so I don't know anything <laughs> um but but at the same time it's like if I am you know hoping to continue my life in this country to build a life where I am mm-hmm. I have to figure out how to navigate that and that is going to mean figuring it out on my own. Like, I'm not partnered. I don't have family here. Mm-hmm. Um, or rather, my closest family is, in, is a couple hours away. And so, for the most part, I have to figure this stuff out on my own. And I think that this is the first time that I've had to kind of rely on myself. Like, I've always been able to... I've always been able to go home again, essentially. And now that's no longer an option because I can't leave the country. Um, so, well, I mean, I didn't mean it literally, but also literally. Mm-hmm. And having to it's it's forced me to figure out how to stand on my own two feet which I think I have done for the most part but I don't think I have done it in a way that allows me to thrive I think I'm getting through the day I think I'm meeting my obligations but I'm not Mm. I don't think that I figured out a way to be wholly well yet and that is a struggle still yeah yeah I understand that. And it's, I mean, you don't have to do, like, I, I know that that is a place or probably a goal that you want to go to, but it's like, you know, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to get there, too. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know. I mean, easier so, yeah. said than done. Yeah. No, I said easier said than done. Yeah. I understand that. I definitely understand that. And, you know, uh, it kind of sounds like you're just going through and I'm not trying to diagnose you or anything like that, but it just sounds like growing pains and you're just walking into adulthood, which is, is not, it's not easy when you don't have a support system. And I'm so sorry that you don't have that support system that's close to you and that's near you that can really just kind of push you along or at least give you the extra energy to get the things done that you want to get done. I mean, it happens, but mm-hmm. I think... I think part of it too is that I have, I mean, unrelated to everything else, I think like I was very much like raised by movies. Like I think my entire worldview is shaped by film. Um, Something that was kind of reinforced when I became a film critic. And I think part of my struggle has also been trying to fit experiences into convenient narratives. And I'm constantly having to remind myself that, like, that's not how real life works. Um, But it can be disappointing, you know, when you... Yeah, it can be disappointing when you feel like you have an idea of how you want situations to go or relationships to go or jobs to go. 
and they just kind of refuse to bend your will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to figure out a way around it. And that can be hard, especially if you, you know, have your heart set on something. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's definitely affected me in the past in terms of not being able to live in the moment because I'm looking too far ahead to the future. I think I've always kind of had an issue with being present because I'm always worried about what comes next or doesn't come next or what disaster will strike. And I I have a very hard time just kind of sitting and enjoying something. Um, Is there a way that that you... Is there a way that you can ground, like, a grounding or are, is there something that grounds you? Honestly, not really. Um, or I should say, I I have started meditating and I, I got a new journal for this day, even though my last one's empty, it's applied to the writer. But I I think that meditating has helped, but I'm not, I'm not as good at doing it as regularly as I should. But mm-hmm. it when I do make it a priority, it is very helpful. I think I'm not even particularly good at it, but it's more about like finding time to just sit and focus on myself and my body and what it feels like mm-hmm. is helpful, even if it's just 20 minutes in a day. Like mm-hmm. I, I haven't fixed any problems, but I feel more centered after that experience. I, I usually try to meditate right before bed, but I'm trying to, you know, extend my practice to first thing in the morning as well, just to start my days off right. But mm-hmm. I'm, I've never been a morning person, so I'm usually, you know, skipping straight out of bed to the shower to, to, to start work because I decided to wait until 15 minutes before my first meeting to get out of bed. Um, but, I mean, part of that is just also that, like, I'm, I'm a night owl. I, I always have been, like, left to my own devices. I would sleep through the day and work at night. Um, I, I'm not really sure why. I've just always worked better, like, after 10 o'clock. Um... But I think, like, as much as that works for me, like, the rest of the world doesn't work that way. So I have to figure out a way to um, to enable me to fit into, um, you know, the current sh- work structures without sacrificing too much of my own well-being. Mm-hmm. And that part I'm still working on. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's... Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, you know, this this year, I think, like, boundaries really is the name of the game for me. Like, not necessarily in kind of keeping people away, but more about building a structure for myself that mm-hmm. keeps me sane and well. So mm-hmm. whether it's, like, getting to bed on time or, like, remembering to take my meds or meditating in the mornings, just, like, reliable things that I can... Mm-hmm use as like stakes in the ground to maintain my well-being i think that is probably like the only thing that i'm capable of doing right now and i'm hoping that like once i get a hang of that i will be able to kind of expand to more involved methods of self-care i think honestly like i'm just trying to get through the day real talk like... <laughs> i understand that <laughs> i get it because it, it, like it's tough I'm not gonna even lie it is a very it's super tough like I'm I'm actually kind of getting through well I got through the end of like 
realizing that I was extremely depressed and didn't know that I was depressed, but like finding it out and figuring out like, okay, I have to make some actionable steps to kind of get myself out of this space. And part of that was like stopping, isolating myself. So um, I understand, you know, trying to find new processes and trying to do right by yourself um, so that you could feel better, so that you can enjoy life. And I want to know, you know, what what does that look like? Like once you, the person who you are now and the work that you're doing, once you get to the other side of that, how does that person look to you? Like, what does that look like to you? It looks like not having to work. I think, I mean, not to get all like capitalism's worst, but I mean, it <laughs> is. But also, like, I, something I've kind of come around to is the idea that like we shouldn't have to work. Like, things need to get done in order to keep a society running. But the idea that I need to work to survive is like actually kind of gross to me. Like I didn't ask to be here. Most of this stuff should be provided for me because I have a basic human right to it. Like I, it actually kind of surprises me that we haven't had like full on rent strikes because if you think about it, it's fully theft. Like why am I just giving you my money to live in a building? Like I am entitled to shelter. It is like, well, I actually don't know if it is, but I'm pretty sure it's in, like, the UN Convention of Human Rights or whatever. Like, it shouldn't be... And that's one of the, the biggest struggles I think I've had since moving to the US is that I'm repeatedly reminded that many, if not most, of the struggles that people face in this country are by design. Yeah. And there are very obvious solutions that we are intentionally not implementing. Mm-hmm. And that is very frustrating. Because... Yeah, I mean, like, every election, like I say this, like, I, the idea of it, when I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of Disney Channel, and Disney Channel doesn't really do, they don't do commercials, like, all of their commercials are, like, commercials for the Disney Channel, or, like, Disney products or whatever, but I remember, I think it was around the Bush administration, maybe, they were running these, like, register to vote things, like, these little short clips with, like, kids who were, like, volunteering with their parents on campaigns and like making signs and stuff and helping people register to vote. And I remember thinking, I don't understand why you have to register to vote because like that is a right you have as a citizen of a country. When I turned 18 and I was eligible to vote in Trinidad, some guy from Elections and Boundaries came to my house. He said, are you Catherine Young? I said, yes. He said, do you live at this address? I said, yes. He said, cool, you're on the registry. And that was it. And I've never had to think about it again. And the idea that, like, not only in this country do you have to register, but you have to double check that your name's still there because they're just going to purge them so that they can, so that you can't vote and then they, they gerrymander everything to death. It's like, I think it's it's made things a little, yeah, it's been a little easier to kind of understand that they're on purpose, but it hasn't make it, made it easier to, like, live with. Because I think it's, I think it's frustrating to realize that when it comes down to it, people who have power do not think, do not believe that other people should also be empowered to live their own lives. And I mean, like a good example is the like ongoing trans panic right now, which is honestly getting really, really scary. Yeah. I. Because you already know what direction it's going to go. 
I know exactly where it's going. I'm like, I mean, I used to joke about it, but like, I have, I have a couple thousand dollars like stashed away in case I need to leave the country on a whim. Like I, it's not a joke. And I, it's, I don't know. You know, like I, I grew up in a time where like leaving home and moving to the U.S. was like, what we understood to be a good life you know before it was england and then it was the us and then i got here and i was like it's fucking miserable i want to go home yeah not that great and i think for me it's it's difficult because you know i i work in creative fields there there isn't there isn't an infrastructure in place back home for me to do the kind of work that i want to do Mm -hmm. you know even when even before i moved up here when i was writing freelance full-time all of my bylines were U.S. publications. Like, I could not get anyone to pay me <laughs> to write anything in that. Well, that's not technically true, but not at the rates that I, you know, deserved. And I'm proud of the work that I was able to do from, like, an ocean away. But now that I'm here, I'm realizing that, like, I, I could never actually do this on a day-to-day. Like, with the exchange rate, the freelancing that I was doing before I came to the U.S., probably could have funded my life but those same rights in this country would leave me homeless and like that is a huge fear of mine like I think part of the reason that I'm I often allow myself to get bogged down in the work is because I feel like if I'm not up to snuff and I lose this job I don't I won't have anywhere to live like I will have all of these this cascading set of problems and it's not just that but like also knowing that a lot of people are already in that situation and that's really scary because I don't have I don't have a robust support system to help me if that happens. You know, like I can't you don't have a safety net. Go couch surfing. Yeah, and I mean even even this apartment like I moved in here in September of last year and I broke my lease a year early in order to come here because things with my roommate devolved to such a degree that I no longer felt safe there. Oh wow. And I didn't, I mean, to this day, I don't know what her issue was, but she stopped speaking to me, didn't say a word to me for like four months. And it was a tense and stressful environment. And I knew that if I had to continue living there, I would not make it out to the other side. And so I had to, you know, use all of my savings to break a lease and start a new one and buy furniture and all that fun stuff. And I'm lucky in that even though she wasn't physically here, like my mom was more than happy to help me. Mm -hmm. But even that I know is like an immense privilege because realistically, like she helped me furnish this place because she likes to decorate, but she didn't owe me anything, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I actually didn't even expect that, nor did I ask for it. She just kind of, presumed she would be decorating my space which worked out great for me but Mm -hmm. I also know that if I had to do it on my own as I went that like I'm not sure that I would like have a bed frame yet you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and it's it's hard to kind of sometimes I think I feel guilty because I feel like I don't have everything but I do have a lot more than other people and I'm very lucky in that regard like for example I don't have student loans because I wasn't allowed to take any and like it was difficult when I was trying to get through college, but now I'm an adult without student loans. 
and that's a huge a deal. Freedom. Like I yeah. sometimes I see, yeah, like I see some of the numbers that people are paying in their 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 loans payments, and I'm just like, how is anyone supposed to live like that? Mm-hmm. And so, even though things are rough, and I feel isolated, and I don't, you know, like I can't quite, you know, live the exact life that I would want. It doesn't mean that I don't have the privilege of at least like a safe place to sleep at night. Um, and I think it can be, it while that's good, I think it, it contributes a lot to kind of my guilt because it feels like, like, what do you have to feel upset about? Like you have everything that you need um, to like get it together. <laughs> um, but I also, I also have to kind of recognize that part of that is depression, this idea that like, you don't have anything to be upset about. So like, right. why are you upset? Right. And and it sounds like, and, well, it sounds like my mom, you know, your family, they're like, well, you're yeah. you got a job. So what are you talking about? Exactly. And, yeah. and I think that that part is like really hard to push through because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love my parents. I love where I'm from, but we definitely have some like not great cultural ideas about mental health mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. definitely internalized. And Undoing that, I think, is probably the hardest thing that I've done since moving up here. I mean, like, and on my first therapy session, I just sobbed and sobbed because I, I always felt like if I needed therapy, it meant that something was wrong with me. Mm. And having to kind of admit that I wasn't coping felt like failure mm. to a significant degree, and. You know, I come from a culture where there's not an option. Like, you just don't. Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't, and you can't. And and I think that this felt like a failure. Even though I can, like, with some distance, I can recognize that, you know, I was alone. I was in a foreign country. I was dealing with a lot of stuff. I didn't have a ton of, of financial security at the time because I was still in grad school. Like, I, um, because I was international, like, I had a lot more complications in terms of finding a job, in terms of getting employed, in terms of changing visa status. Like I had a lot of stressors and I don't think, I don't think I was giving myself credit. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was giving myself credit for the fact that like, it was hard. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot to deal with, especially on your own. And it doesn't, it doesn't make me a bad person because I have difficulty or because I struggle. And I think that, that is kind of hard or has been really hard for me to internalize because mm-hmm. I still feel like I should be able to figure it out, you know? Yeah. No, I, I definitely understand that. And like, <laughs> I think we all, every, I think all of us, the adults, we are all trying to figure out stuff like that. <laughs> like we all have that kind of guilt and that, that, uh, that pendulum of okay i have things i'm i'm grateful for this but i'm tired of this shit um mm-hmm. i can do this but i definitely need help um i think we're all kind of going through that that challenge or those questions that you're asking yourself and once you figure out some of those questions like you find some of those solutions who do you think this person is going to be or how is this person going to to look to you or hope or a hopeful um 
idea of this person? I mean, in a you know one hundred percent ideal world, I could I don't know eat, pray, love my way through the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but I think I think primarily it would just mean being free to pursue the creative pursuits that I'm interested in. I feel like especially right now, or at least for the last few months, like I felt so bogged down by the things that I have to do that I haven't had room for the things I want to do. And it leaves me, it leaves me feeling drained, creatively drained. I mean, this is a conversation I literally had with my boss last week that like, I'm fine, I keep doing my job, but I'm bored. I'm bored, I do this all the time. I can do it in my sleep and like, I don't feel challenged anymore. And that would be fine if I had the time or energy to find that challenge outside of work, but I don't. And yeah, and I think, you know, it. I would love to be able to write a novel and have it be a bestseller and live off residuals for the rest of my life. But, you know, very few of us are JK Rowling, thank God. And it's unlikely that I'm gonna be able to be, you know, richer than the queen for books that I wrote like two decades ago. Um, but I think what I really want to focus on is like, I have a lot of, I have a lot of money anxiety. I think most people do for good reason. But one of the things that I was able to do when I moved into this apartment, I had a good chunk of savings and that was the only way I was able to get off my lease and into this apartment. And I have not spent that money doing that. And so until I'm able to kind of rebuild that like nest egg for myself I think I'm always going to be a little anxious and so right now that's kind of my focus but moving forward or once I replenish those savings I think my priority then is to figure out how to create a life that feels comfortable and meaningful for me without it being something that takes that takes away from the security that I value. I think, I don't know, it's like I, part of my anxiety is that I, I don't like to not know. Like, I like I don't, I had an ex in high school who just refused to make plans. He just wouldn't make plans. And I, it used to drive me crazy because like, I need to know what's coming. Like, I don't even do spontaneous. Like if you say like, we're gonna go to this place, like I need to have like a brief idea of like what's gonna happen. <laughs> and then I'm all in. Like if you say we're gonna like go to, we're gonna go on a road trip, like I need to know where, I need to know like if there will be facilities available. I need to know what kind of food it will be available to me. And then I can let go, but like I need to have some kind of idea of what's coming. Otherwise I'm just going to freak out about it. I'm just gonna be stressed. And part of, I think, like, having saved so much over the pandemic initially was feeling like if something happened, I could handle it. And I was able to handle it when it happened. But now I can't anymore because I spent all that money. So, so I think, like, it's, I mean, and that's good because, like, that is literally what that money was sitting down there for. Like, it was quite literally for an emergency and I had one and I was able to deal with it. And I'm very grateful for that because, I mean, I... I think the the previous lease was supposed to be up in like August of this year. Like I, there was no way it was gonna last that long. Yeah. So, 
so I knew I had to get out and I'm very grateful that I was able to do that because like there's no one else I could have called on like you know like and not just that but because I was at home for so long it was very important to me that I was able to support myself financially I didn't want to have to ask family for anything I didn't want to have to have my mom pay for things I didn't I didn't want to need that even though I knew it was available to me because I part of that was feeling like an adult I wanted to feel like a self-actualized person who could handle their things but I think one of one of the things that I've kind of come to realize is that like when you're a kid you think adults know everything and like now that I'm an adult I'm realizing we're literally just children with more responsibilities and some bills (laughs) we don't have shit and that has been frustrating in the sense that you kind of think you'll get older and it'll just click and you'll know what to do and you really don't you really don't everyone's kind of freaking out like most of my friends are married with kids and I'm still very much like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. like, um, and, and I'm happy for them and I'm glad. But I, when I think about myself and the position that I'm in in my life, like I genuinely cannot fathom that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a friend joke that like, we were still making the transition from like, Oh, to oh, when someone announces their pregnancy, yeah. because, <laughs> because it used to not be one. great. Yeah, it used to not one. be great, right? Like I went to yeah. a Catholic school. A couple of girls yeah. in the year got got pregnant, and they just kind of disappeared. Them, like we just yeah. didn't see them again. Apparently, pregnancy is contagious. I don't know, but like <laughs> they, but that I like, I'm still very much in that like I'm just starting out phase. That like, that's what yeah. I feel like. And so, but, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm in my thirties, like Mm -hmm. theoretically I'm in middle age. Like I've already aged out of one age, um, one age bracket. So getting up there, but just feel like a baby. I feel that way too. I mean, I love babies. I cannot Mm -hmm. wait to meet all my friends' babies. (laughs) I will sniff a baby until the end of time, but I do not want Mm -hmm. any. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to give them back. So that works for me, but part of it, I think like there's still part of me that feels like, if I don't do that, does that mean that I'm less of a person? Like, am I not self-actualizing the way that people do? Like, I think, I think, uh, and I don't think this is, this is how my friends feel anymore. I think they've just been able to reach that point in their lives earlier than I have. But, you know, when you're young, you kind of figure you get married and you have kids and that's just, that's just what adults do. Mm-hmm. And I think that as I've gotten older, as I found feminism, as I've figured out my politics, like that no longer feels like an inevitability for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. But I'm not, I'm still also very aware of the fact that like making, having that be a choice is still a bit of an anomaly. And like yeah. that, like being, being able to kind of stand in that decision for myself while not mm-hmm. feeling guilty or jealous or I don't know um, yeah Mm -hmm. it's still a struggle Mm -hmm. and not even because I want it but because everyone else has it so it's like like am I missing out (laughs) um so that that can be rough but but at the same time I also know that like I couldn't survive a pregnancy there's no fucking way (laughs) there's no way I would never do that and and I don't want to I want to 
I want to support people who are pregnant. I've actually been thinking a lot about getting into doula work. I, I want to be a safe place for children to come to, but I don't think I'm built to be a parent and I think that's okay. And I think that it's, it would probably be better if more of us were thinking more critically about what our position in a community should look like. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what I want to do. Like I want, I want to be a resource for children and I think that that'll be easier to do if I don't have to also take care of my own. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a beautiful vision. And I hope that you're able to achieve those things that you are interested in doing and um, be that support system to your community members. Um, I know that you have a hard cutoff and I don't want to um, go over time. So... Is there any parting words that you'd like to give to our community? Give yourself grace. I think I didn't do that for a long time. I don't think I'm good at doing it now, honestly, Mm. especially after last year. But I find that things are a lot easier when I acknowledge that they are hard. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's easier to forgive myself for not being good at something or not meeting my own high expectations if I admit to myself that my expectations are very high and they're hard to meet. And it doesn't mean that I should lower them, but it does mean that I should expect that it'll take me a while to get there. And that doesn't make me a failure. It just makes me someone who's realistic about my own capabilities. And that's fine too. I like that a lot. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, of course. I'm going to end this coherence. In this comes in the court. Give me one second. For show notes, be sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.